You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Go to riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here's today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. The opportunities that we have as a church to pray are huge, and sometimes we just take it for granted because, hey, praying is easy, right? Don't you just pray about everything? You start your day and you pray. You pray all day. Actually, you probably don't. A lot of people would love to, but it's hard to do. It's hard to keep praying. Your mind wanders, and there's other things that you think about, and you you just drift. And I think that sometimes the best opportunities to pray are when you purposefully say, I'm going to take this time to pray. And then uh, sometimes maybe you pray out loud. You pray while you walk. You pray standing. You do something to keep yourself from falling asleep, keep yourself from drifting, but to pray is a huge thing. And to pray through the Lord's Prayer is an awesome thing. I listened to a couple audiobooks uh, this week about prayer, and then uh, reading Elmer Towns, he was a professor for many years at Liberty University, about uh, praying through the Lord's Prayer. The guy who writes a lot of books. And he has this thing that says, those who can't pray the Lord's Prayer. I thought that was pretty good. He writes, if you don't know Christ, you can't pray our Father. If you glorify yourself, you can't pray, hallowed be thy name. If you reject his rules, you can't pray, thy kingdom come. If you won't submit, you can't pray, thy will be done. If your life is only for here and now, you can't pray on earth as it is in heaven. If you are self-sufficient, you can't pray, give us our daily bread. If you won't forgive, you can't pray, forgive us our debts. If you seek sin, you can't pray, lead us not into temptation. If you are a friend of evil, you can't pray, deliver us from evil. If you build your own kingdom, you can't pray, thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. That's huge. You can't expect that the Lord's going to be answering all your prayers if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You can't expect that God is going to treat you like a child, if, like his child if you've never been adopted as a child of God, to as many as received Christ, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And you can come to Christ by asking, by realizing that you're a sinner, realizing that you need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior into your life. I did it by praying something like, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sin and come into my life and save me. Make me the person you created me to be. And that opened the door for a relationship with the Lord. That opened the door for me to be born again, assured heaven, to receive the Holy Spirit Uh, automatically, not a second thing. As soon as you get saved, you get the Holy Spirit. You can yield and receive more of the Holy Spirit, be empowered by the Holy Spirit, be filled by the Holy Spirit, uh, all these things. The Lord's Prayer is huge. And we can pray through the Lord's Prayer. And I mentioned before, I know that when we talk about prayer, it's like some people yawn. What are you talking about, prayer? Oh, prayer, yeah, yeah, I heard all that. And it's true. I think that we've heard a lot about prayer all the time. But when you start to really do the work of prayer. It's kind of like exercise. You can talk about exercise all the time, but when you actually start to do the work, that's when you start to see results. We weren't given the Lord's Prayer just to say. You know, it's not if we just say it, you know, 10 times or 100 times, it's like this magical thing and God's going to say, hey, that was really great. Good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you for it now. But no, it's, it's, a, it's a pattern. And so yesterday, 
Uh, we have this morning prayer time, and usually uh, the couple that are on vacation in Hawaii, and I show up, and sometimes other people do, but I showed up at the ministry center, and there wasn't anybody there, so I decided to take my prayer time for a drive over to one of those, uh, that fleet store up, uh, up there over there in Carver. I've been praying about this during the week, and so the Lord knows every need and every desire, and so he blessed me with tires and wheels, but there's actually tires and wheels that I wanted more, and so I was praying about it, and I saw the wheels were on sale, and, or someone was selling them used in, in Hutchinson, and I'm like, what a great opportunity to listen to my two audiobooks about the Lord's Prayer. I'll be totally just by myself, listening as I go by these wheels. So I'm like, this is a God thing in my schedule. So I prayed, and I was on my way to get him, listen to both audiobooks, one by uh, Chip Ingram. Um, you can actually, on Audible, get all of Chip Ingram's like, sermons for like 99 cents per series. It's a really great deal. And then I was listening to another audiobook about the Lord's Prayer, and I got the wheels and brought them back. So that was on Friday. So on Saturday, I'm heading over to try to get some tires put on, and I realized that there's a wait, and that you, like, if you bring a car, you have to set an appointment for like two weeks in the future. Anyway, so I'm doing all this stuff, and I'm praying through the Lord's Prayer, praying for you guys. I'm praying, you know, I'm, I'm just going, I'm going through the list, and I'm praying all these things. And then when I said, give us today our daily bread, I said, Lord, please help me not to waste my time. Please help me to be doing the right thing at the right time. Because my wife didn't see know it, but I kind of like those rims that I got, but the ones that I really, really, really wanted are in West Fargo, North Dakota, and I was trying to figure out how I could get there and back, but maybe, maybe she'd be at work and didn't know that I was taking an eight-hour trip, and uh, anyway, so I show up, and I say, I say, uh, I want to buy these tires, there's a sale, and anyway, I know that's going to take a long time, the, the old tires are in the back, and the wheels are in the back, so I'll just drop them off, and whenever you're done with them, you just give a call. And I just prayed, Lord, help me not to waste my time. And I think one of the things the Lord wanted me to do is like get this over with so I wouldn't keep being distracted. Instead of getting an appointment, the guy is like, well, oh, the guy's already put two of the tires on. Do you just want to wait? And so I waited. And instead of having to wait a week or two or however long it takes him to get stuff done there, I got the stuff right away. Didn't waste any time. It's all taken care of. But the reason I tell you that is because I prayed it through. I asked the Lord for something. And he knew that I had a desire of my heart and that it was, a, it was more of a want than a need, but uh, it was something that I really wanted and it's the ones I wanted from last year. And anyway, so God answered that because if you delight yourself in the Lord, he often will give you the desires of your heart. The two parts that I found that were really awesome about it is one is that my need was taken care of right away. I mean, actually, there wasn't anybody in the store because everybody that shops there was out deer hunting except me, is I think what was going on. And two, God knew that I was being distracted and he just wanted to make sure, I think, that I got taken care of right away so I didn't have to think about it anymore. You know, cut off the choices. Once my need was taken care of, I didn't have to think about going to West Fargo or wherever. God answered those prayers. And I was thinking about it even more. And I'm like, I wonder if that's why when I prayed for a wife when I was 19 years old that I immediately heard about this girl that came and bought my parents' car. And then we dated for a little bit and we got married and we've been married for all these years, 31 years, to think about all these things and think, what if God provided my need so that I wouldn't be distracted, so that I wouldn't make the wrong choice, so that my life would be better because I was praying that stuff through and not only did he provide the answer, but he provided it in a timely manner. And as you pray these things, as you pray through the Lord's Prayer, 
Know that your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. It says that in Matthew 6, verse 8. He already knows, but He wants to hear it from you. And there's something when you vocalize it, when you say it, that helps you to connect that this just happened, and I prayed about that, and that is amazing. God cares about me. The God of the universe is looking down upon me, answering my prayer, because He cares about me. I should pray for others too. And so we should pray. How should we pray? Pray to our Father in heaven. Hallowed be their name. We should make sure that everything that we do helps God's name be seen as holy. And we should come to God in a respectful, reverent way. And we should know that the Father is loving upon us, but He's also coming to us from heaven. And He's the all-powerful Creator that's interested in what, we, who, what we're doing and the way that we're doing it and the motivation for what we're doing it. Your kingdom come. Would you want Jesus to return right now? Right now, would you want Him to disrupt your life? to bring you to a better place, that you could spend eternity in His presence to make everything right. After the votes are in, maybe on Wednesday, you'd be like, oh Lord, please bring your kingdom today. But your kingdom uh, come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And to have God's will be done in our town, in our church, in our work, in our schools would be so awesome. And we should pray for that and do all that we can to work in that way. And then give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. He doesn't like give us like this huge roll of money or all these resources in advance, but he wants to provide as we need it. Can you imagine if on earth it rained once a month and you needed to get out there and collect your rain need for the month so that you could store it and then distribute it as necessary? I think it's much better that we just trust that God's going to cause the rain and the snow and the sun and all of that to come at the right time and trust Him for that. I can't imagine being a Christless, godless farmer. I don't know how you'd do it. I think it'd be too stressful. I mean, you're constantly praying, Lord, stop the rain. Lord, we need more rain. Lord, stop the pests. Lord, we could use some more of those insects. That would be helpful. Help my seed to grow. Help me to buy good seed. Anyway, all these different things. We should pray for our daily needs. So about prayer, we should pray in Jesus' name. That is the stamp of authority. That's why when you come to a prayer gathering, we're always saying we end our prayers in in Jesus' name because that's like the stamp of authority that says, Jesus said if we asked anything in his name that he would do it. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the pivotal point in the relationship that we have to have a relationship with Jesus. We have to be in Jesus if we want to expect and See our prayers answered and God provide and God use us. Uh, John 16, 23, Jesus says, In that day you'll no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. So that's why we always pray in Jesus' name. Lord, please provide this. Please heal this person. Please do this in Jesus' name. Pray in Jesus' name. Number three, no answered prayer glorifies our Father. Our Heavenly Father is glorified by answered prayer. John 14, 13, Jesus says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. So when prayer is answered and we glorify God by thanking Him, by telling how God has answered our prayer, by pointing people to God for their need when they pray, there's so many things that we should be praying about. We should be praying for opportunities. We should be praying 
for the right relationships. We should pray that we would be doing the right thing at the right time. We should pray that God would use us in amazing ways and God would show us sometimes when we feel stuck or when it doesn't seem like everything is as wonderful as we think what He's doing in our lives and what He wants us to do. I like that old saying, bloom where you're planted. So to look around where you're at right now, I mean, sure, it'd be great if you were at a different school or a different job or in a different team or in a different neighborhood or, you know, maybe that would all be easier, Uh, but it could be worse too. But to think, okay, what could I do while I'm there? Who could I share Christ with? Who could I bless? Who could I encourage? Who could I help? But God is glorified. Heavenly Father is glorified when He answers our prayer and we thank Him and tell others and know that we are in a relationship with a loving Heavenly Father. Matthew 6.31 says, Don't worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For pagans run after all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So here again, it says the Heavenly Father knows that we need these things. So He knows that you need tires before winter because it's totally irresponsible to have bald tires on ice. He knows that we need clothes and a place to live and um, that we need relationships. We need an opportunity to be used in ministry. We need money to make, to pay our bills. We need health. We need all of these things. He knows and that we should pray and ask and trust and not worry. Number five, follow Jesus closely to get what you pray for. If you want to get your prayers answered, Jesus says, stay close, abide in me, it says in the old translations. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you, it says in John 15, 7. And in John 15, 16, Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. When you're serving the Lord and living for him, you can expect that he's going to provide the resources and the things that you need. So many times when you want to serve the Lord in ministry, you might like say you're doing junior high ministry like I was as a volunteer uh, many years ago. I was so tired. I was working full time and going to two, taking classes from two schools and I was a volunteer youth pastor and I would show up in that church parking lot just drained saying, I got nothing, Lord. Holy Spirit, help me. And every night I would be energized and have what I needed to get through. The Lord knew what I'd been doing and what I needed to do, and empowered me and helped me. So many times, I always say this, but if you are faithful to show up and then start working and serving the Lord, that's when the Holy Spirit kicks in. Don't expect the Holy Spirit to kick in while you're thinking about serving the Lord. I mean, sometimes He gives you ideas and motivates you to help you get prepared, but it's always when you're starting to do the work, when you're starting to serve, when you're starting to share your faith, that the Holy Spirit kicks in and helps you. I love hearing stories from some of you about how you started to share your faith with someone and then it's like the Holy Spirit kicked in and you're sharing things about Christ and you're like listening to yourself going, wow, that's really amazing. Where am I getting all this stuff? And that happens so many times. Follow Jesus closely. You'll get what you pray for. The things that He knows that you need. The things that are part of His will. Number six, be content and pray. Be content. Uh, Proverbs 38 says, uh, two things I ask before I die. 
I keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. So if you have poverty, you might steal and dishonor God's holy name. And if you have riches, you might think that you're all good and you don't need to worry about asking God for stuff. You don't need to pursue God. Uh, Be content and pray. Exodus 16 talks about how God provided manna for the Israelites. And so he provided this, uh, as you know, this dusting of, I don't know what, uh, honey nut Cheerios or something on the ground. And they would gather those and uh, each day they would take enough and if they kept it the next day, it would get full of like um, maggots and all gross and everything, except for uh, before the Sabbath. They weren't supposed to work on the Sabbath day. So that day, then it would last for two days. But God provided that while they were in the wilderness, and it was a way to teach them to follow God and to obey and to be reliant on the Lord. And I think that so many times, God wants to keep you and I reliant on the Lord, so that's why He gives us enough for today, but we really don't know about tomorrow. There's no surety for tomorrow. I mean, you look at the stock market, it goes up and down. There's no future and hope in that. Uh, Your jobs, there used to be uh, this... You'd live, work at a job and think that you would work there all your life and get a pension and retire and be secure. And there's not much security in anything anymore, but there is security in the Lord. We should be content with what we have, but pray for the things that we need and that we want and to know that God can provide day by day. First Timothy 6, 6, Godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap that into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith, but pierce themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, flee from all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. First Timothy six, six through eleven. So it's not money itself that's evil, it's the love of it. So if you can Make as much as you can and save as much as you can and give as much as you can. That's awesome. So it's not about money. It's about the love of it that will destroy your life. Some people can handle a lot of money and they are as godly as possible. Uh, It doesn't affect them. Other people, you give them a little bit of money and they're gone. They're like, I don't need the Lord. I got this. I have to go spend it. I have to go enjoy it. Whatever. Put God first and know that the love of money will destroy you. Number seven, don't expect God to spoil you, which is weird because you think about grandkids, it's like, oh yeah, their grandparents just spoil them. Oh, they just love them so much. But actually, when you think about spoiling a kid or spoiling a person, it means that you're ruining them. You are giving them things that are are too much, not helpful or whatever. You're teaching them bad things. You're giving them too much candy. You're getting them all hyped up on sugar and you're giving them back to to their parents and you think that it's great because they love you so much, but their parents are not so happy. But don't expect God to spoil you. Don't expect God to ruin you. James 4 says, you want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. How many things don't you have because you didn't ask God? How many things could you have if you would have asked the Lord in prayer? Needs, wants, things that are little, things that are big, things that are like little desires that you just really love to have. Um, that may not be a total need, but it would be really awesome, or you think it would be. Um, you don't have it because you didn't ask. You should ask and see what God says. Sometimes when you ask, um, you start asking and then realize it's, it's not a need. 
It's not a need. I don't need a European sports car anymore. I used to think it was a need. Then I had one Alfa Romeo and decided that I do not need an Italian car. Though I saw a new one go by the other day, and I'm like, Lord, I could use one of those. I actually stopped him and asked him if he liked his car. I was putting out a church sign, too. I was trying to make a bridge to, hey, why don't you come to my church? But anyway, I was speaking Alfa Romeo to him, you know, trying to make that bridge. Come to River Rock, by the way. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. God is not going to give you the stuff that is going to ruin you, that is going to spoil you, that is going to be for your greed, not your need, is not going to help you become godly. He might give some people some really awesome stuff that he doesn't give you, and there might be a reason for it uh, that God is using them in a certain way. Like maybe he wants me to have an Alfa Romeo so I can get back in the Alfa Romeo club. And I'm okay with that as long as I don't have to make payments for it. Number eight, don't give up on praying to God. So in Luke 18, we see the story that Jesus told of this woman who wanted justice and she couldn't get it. And she just kept coming back to the judge over and over and over again until finally he's like, I can't take this anymore. This persistent woman just won't stop. Give her what she wants. And Jesus told the parable so that they should see that they should always pray and never give up uh, in verse uh, 6 of Luke 18, the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. So keep praying. So many times when you pray, so many times when you pray, God will put on your heart that you should keep praying about that or it's not his desire for your life, so you should stop praying about that. You don't need that. You thought you did, but you don't. And so when you are abiding in Christ, so many times your will will get in line and agreement with God's will, and then you'll be praying about stuff that matters to God, not just the stuff that you think uh, you think you need or think you need to do, um, all those things. And don't just pray for yourself. Don't just pray for yourself. And then we're going to have communion, so the guys can come up and we're going to have communion. But don't just pray for yourself. It says, give us. It doesn't say, give me my daily bread. It says, give us this day our daily bread. Or actually, the Greek in there is kind of weird. It could possibly say our bread for tomorrow. And what that might mean is in the morning, give us the bread for today. But if you're praying it at night, then give us our bread for tomorrow. But nonetheless, give us what we need from day to day. James 5.16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Are you that righteous person praying for other people? And I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. We should be praying for others. So now it's time for communion. And if you are a believer in Christ, you are welcome to take communion with us. For I pass on, Paul writes, I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself on the night when he was betrayed. The Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. And then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. And the first of for usually the first Sunday of every month, we get together and we remember what Christ has done. And if you are saved, if you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're welcome to take communion with us. But as the, ele- as the elements are passed out, it's a great time. Hold it in your hand and we'll take it all together when I come back up. But it's a great time for you to uh, ask the Lord if there's any sin in your life that you need to confess, anything that's gotten in the way of your relationship with the Lord, and recommit yourself to Him. Uh, There'll be a music video playing up on the screen, but just focus on the Lord and I'll come back up in a minute. Lord Jesus, you are the bread of life. And we thank you so much that we can partake in a relationship with you every day, Lord, that you are with us at all times and that we can yield our will to you. 
we can serve you and live for you. You've given us the opportunity to choose what we want to do with our time. If we want to put you first, if we want to communicate to you and to the Heavenly Father through prayer, uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we thank you that you have opened the door and made it possible. Lord, help us to seek you each day, to live for you each day, to pray for ourselves and for others. Lord, we thank you that you died on the cross and that you rose again, that you sacrificed your body on that tree so that we could be free from sin and shame. We take this and we eat. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So this is a great opportunity for you to thank the Lord for what he's doing in your life and to praise him and to, uh, again, recommit yourself to him and commit yourself to serve him. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you've given us an opportunity to worship you today, that you have given us the breath of life and health a way to get here. Lord, we pray that you would put upon our hearts your true desire and will for our lives, that you would show us ways to advance your kingdom and make an eternal difference, that you would show us how we can use our resources to build your kingdom here as we wait for you to come back. Lord, we pray that you would help us to show love to others and to grow in our relationship with you and to grow as a church. Jesus, we thank you that you died, that you rose again, and that you are returning soon. We take this and we drink. All right, and as the worship team comes up, I forgot this announcement, so I'll share it real quick. That since we're going to have the um, kids' Christmas program on December 2nd, which is usually when it is, the first Sunday, um, that night, we'll have the Christmas dinner like we normally do, but I know there's a Vikings game on at 325, so we'll set up at 5, and then you can show up at 6, but then we'll eat at 630, and for some reason, if the Vikings are like tied or you still care about the game or whatever, we'll find some way to at least get the audio going in the corner or something like that, so you can still come and not feel like you're missing out, which is a form of idolatry, actually, but we are trying to get you together for dinner. So anyway, so if you can make room in your calendar on that day, that would be awesome. So we can't do it any other week because you guys are so busy in December. So the worship team is going to sing. Please stand as we uh, finish out our worship service this morning. Can I say something before you start? As Pastor Chris was um, praying at the beginning of, of the message, he talked about if you can't be submissive, if, you can't, if you're walking in selfishness, if you're walking in pride, um, you can't really pray through the Lord's Prayer. And this song has a word in it, um, to die, it is finished. And there is something that Pastor Chris said, he said, if you can't walk in unforgiveness... And this word, tetelestai, and this and unforgiveness have great meaning for me because we all have stuff, and we all have stuff we don't share with others. But there was a time in my life that I was walking in unforgiveness, except the unforgiveness was to myself. It was something I didn't want to share with anybody because how could God forgive me of that? So I sabotaged my own life in doing different things. But I finally was taught what that tetelestai really means. It's finished. Nobody can bring it back up. It, study it out. It's Roman law. It's really kind of cool. Um, 
But to pray in Jesus' name and to pray for unforgiveness for ourselves, because a lot of times we really do beat ourselves up. So the cross really is not a loss, and I just encourage you today to invite him to let that forgiveness apply to you as well. Thanks for listening. It would be great if you would let us know how you were encouraged by this message. We invite you to visit River Rock Church, 10 a.m. Sundays at 330 South Market Street in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. You can connect with us, find more messages to listen to, and get resources to help you grow in your faith at riverrockchurch.com.